You're listening to Ditch the Diet Radio with myself, Rachel Foy, the Food Freedom Coach. This is a podcast for smart, driven, high-achieving women who are sick and tired of their food struggles holding them back from having a life that they really want. So if you're ready to stop the struggle with eating, fighting your body, and ultimately find your own food freedom, then you, my gorgeous, are so in the right place right now. If you love the conversations that we have here on Ditch the Diet Radio, then be sure to check out my website at rachelfoy.com for free workshops, gifts, and much, much more. So are you ready? Here's a brand new episode from Ditch the Diet Radio. Let's go! Hi there everyone, it's Rachel here from Ditch the Diet Radio and welcome to another episode. Now in today's episode I'm talking to the fabulous Crystal Cave and she's going to be helping us explore the topic all to do with our bodies and how to dress ourselves Um, and it's a really really interesting topic for anybody that is struggling right now with food, emotional eating, binging and just really a, a lack of confidence when it comes to how you feel about your physical body. Now Crystal is someone that I came across probably about 18 months ago and I've been following her on social media. We've had a little chat um, about a few things in the past and she agreed to come on the show which was amazing. So we caught up with one another um, not too long ago and I'm sure that you're going to take a lot from what Crystal has got to share with us. Um, Now Crystal is a former celebrity stylist and it really is her goal to start helping every woman out there feel like a style icon um, regardless of what their physical body may appear to be. And Crystal's worked on some teams behind some of the biggest brands really, um, including Taylor Swift and Kate Upton, Nike. She's worked from New York to LA um, and she really utilizes all those skills that she's acquired over over that time to help help women become style icons in their own right. And I'm sure that any of you listening to this right now that have struggled with body image and you've not had the confidence to dress yourself, and maybe you still believe that you have to lose weight in order to embrace your body, um, I'm sure that this episode of Ditch the Diet Radio is really going to help you start shifting that perception. So here's the interview that I did with Crystal. Um, it was quite late in the evening for me, quite early for her, but um, we had a great conversation and I can't wait to share it with you now. Here you go. Right then, so hopefully Crystal's there. Are you there, my gorgeous? I am here. Hi, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. No. I'm excited to be here. Thank <laughs> you for spending sort of a bit of time with us here on Ditch the Diet Radio. I know that you and I are going to have an awesome chat very, very soon about bodies and dressing them and how to embrace our lumps, bumps and curves. Um, but for those of you that perhaps aren't too familiar with who you are, do you want to kind of start with giving us a very brief idea as to, I suppose, what, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Crystal Cave. I am a celebrity wardrobe stylist, and I spent the early part of my styling career dressing celebrities and working for some big brands um, in New York City and Los Angeles. And currently now, I focus my time on really helping every woman become a style icon. And so my passion in life is really helping just everyone who's not like necessarily in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> bring out that inner essence, that inner icon, um, 
so they can go out into the world and do their great work. So that's me in a nutshell. And I have my blog, Exo Crystal Cave and Crystal Cave TV. I love social media. So I'm basically everywhere at Exo Crystal Cave. That's awesome. Sometimes I have to pull myself away from social media as well. It's like I really need to start blocking everybody's feed now. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> totally. So um, so I actually kind of came across you, Crystal. I think it was probably sometime last year. I can't remember how. Um, there might have been some connection to do with, um, I think you did the Sarah Jenks program, didn't you? So about like yes, embracing your bodies, etc. Yes. Um, and I know that you're kind of ethos in your message is very much about just dressing the body like you've just said. Um, so I know that you've also said, you know, the interviews and things I've listened to, like you are a, you're a curvy woman, like you have got curves and you're not a sort of super stick, um, stick model, so to speak. And you've really embraced that, haven't you? Like that's a big part yes. of who you are. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been part of my journey and, you know, I joined Live More Way with Less several years ago after losing all the vision in my left eye and then regaining it after an accident. And I was just like, after struggling for as long as I could remember with my weight, I was finally like, I need to do something to address this. And I joined that program thinking like, okay, my, <laughs> this will like fix me and yeah. be like 100% like the cure all, right? Yeah. Um, only to realize that it's a journey. And then actually what has come from it is also just this revelation of really what I was doing within styling. Because before joining this, I had made the shift from like corporate America and, um, you know, work in ad firms and in real estate branding, um, et cetera, to really be doing my dream career. But I was still like so stuck in the background, like in my black clothing, <laughs> um, as many of us stylists do. And um, through this process of Live More Wayless, I actually um, started wearing more color and allowing myself to really be seen. So it's been this whole journey of you know, I joined the, that program initially to like fix, fix me because I inherently thought something was broken only to realize it was just more about being my true self in the world and then how much that integrated into what I was already doing as a stylist. So it's been quite the journey the last several years. Absolutely. Which is amazing, right? It's kind of, we often go into this kind of work of, right, well, this needs fixing or I need to lose my weight or I need to tone up or I need to be a certain size. But actually, for most women that embark on this journey, as you've just identified, the the results, so to speak, are nothing to do with weight loss. It's all about right. everything else that quite often most people don't associate it actually going to happen, right. um, which is quite, yeah, it's it's significant stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's scary. Like, once you get into it, you're like, oh, I need to, like, work on this. And, like, every layer that you take off just reveals something else. Totally. Uh, and it's not an end destination. No, it's not. So <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a bit of a personal note, because you, yeah. you just, as you just said then, like you have kind of struggled with your food, et cetera, or like with your, with your own yeah. body image. Um, has that been something that you'd struggled with for quite some time? Or was that just something that, you know, would, had happened to you as you'd just gotten older? Or was this something that you were... All my life. All of your all life. life. Yeah. I mean, since I was five, I was actually physically abused by a teacher um, who like threw me and because my mom didn't pack my snowsuit. And ever since then, I had started 
overeating. And so it was something that like very quickly when I was in kindergarten, I gained all this weight after that abuse. And um, it was just like everything for the rest of my life. I would just like shovel it down with food. And so I was like a big cheese hoarder at like 11 o'clock at night, actually. Um, And so like cheese and sweets were like my my like go to the kind of like hoarding in a way. Um, and so it was something I was always on diets. I mean, I can pretty much equate every significant event up until like four or five years ago to like, okay, I was on this diet at this point or that diet at that point. Um, which is kind of crazy. It's kind of like my, I have like a story probably with almost every single piece of clothing I have in my closet. It's the same with like photos I see for special events. Yeah. And diets. Kind of associate that, don't we? Like you said, from a clothing point of view, or maybe it's like a song or an event. And we often do associate that or link that to how our bodies looked or how we felt about our bodies at the time. Yeah. Um, So, so based on then your own your own I'm calling it a struggle I know you haven't said that word but that's my definition of what you're talking about yeah well it was a struggle yeah okay so that's a good word to use then the struggle is real (laughs) it is you know what the struggle is real for far too many women that's very true so kind of growing up then with your own with your own issues to do with food which is not that uncommon like you said you know sometimes things can happen to us and we do end up turning to food as a way of either coping or pushing it down or you know energetically zoning out of it so to speak so how how was your body image affected like did you grow up feeling confident in your body or was that something that was that really didn't exist for you yeah so that's a really good question great question so it's interesting I've been reading I just I have like five minutes left on my audiobook of Shonda Rhimes year of yes okay (laughs) and she was talking about how she like for her she always spent like all her time like writing, creating characters. And I really resonated with the fact that like, she always just like, she created this like special world for her because like, she always felt like an outsider. Um, and I think for me, it always made me feel like I was different in a bad way. And there was something like inherently wrong with me. And most of my life that I can like basically contribute <laughs> or think about, like it was revolving around eating or food or like, you know, not eating or obsessing over my food in some way or trying the newest diet. And it's interesting because I have actually been told by friends that I've had for, you know, over a decade that I came off as like, not overly confident, but like very confident. And I think for me, I had at some point in my life started to project like extra confidence because I'm like, if they like me, then they won't see all like the fat or the weight or whatever you want to say it was. And you know, I was always a very high achieving person, like I was, and a perfectionist. And a lot of that was really to hide just like, I seemed all pretty and sparkly on the outside. (laughs) But like inside, I was like shoveling in food to like fill in the cracks of like humanness, essentially, that I felt like couldn't actually come up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was the struggle was always real whether people around me realized it or not because I think me being more open about things in the last several years has been shocking to some people Um, which is interesting because I'm like really I (laughs) I don't know like it's shocking to me but it was always like I always had a great awareness I'm pretty sure my therapist had great awareness of it maybe I just wasn't super um 
you know, vocal about it with friends and even, you know, family members too, I think didn't realize the depth of what it actually was for me. Yeah, I think I think sometimes, you know, based on my own experience with like food and weight obsession and also people that I've worked with over the years, I think that um, aspect of not being very vocal, like you've just said, I think that's a really common denominator quite often in these food struggles is that on the outside, most of us can appear to be very normal and okay and we're just getting on with life um whereas actually on the inside we're 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 struggling and we're we're upset and we've got all these things going on that we're just not able to express or or to deal with yeah when I actually like as we were just talking about this a story like I could I'll share it really quickly but you know I remember my Girl Scout troop we were like you know the high achieving Girl Scout troops like we got trips like I am from upstate New York so we had a trip out to Boston, then down to Disney World, which is like a big deal that we raised all the money to do that. So we were like, there were like 12 high overachieving women in our group. And I remember being in Boston in Faneuil Hall and we were at a pizza place and like every girl, like half of them were drinking Diet Coke. And I think it was like in seventh or eighth grade, um, somewhere in there. I mean, we were fairly young, like, you know, like 12. Yeah. And everybody was like, it was like the thing to like, get all the grease off your pizza or like, you know, some people were eating salads. And I remember like, it was just so normalized that you had a modification and whether it was drinking diet Coke or like taking that grease off the pizza or something that like, you know, even now because of, I think maybe more of a conscious awareness of it, I, I mean, like I have food intolerances um, that I've realized in the last several years do not serve me eating certain food groups. Um, But within even just my family and friend groups, it's like, you know, oh, I can't eat this because it's bad. And all this languaging that I'm hearing just going on when we, like, sit down to eat dinner (laughs) someplace. Totally. Um, It's just so normal that people, I think, don't even realize how much other people have going on because they're all in their own crap a lot of times. Yeah. And it's, it's part of community as well, isn't it? It's like we kind of sit and talk about the same thing, about the food and the eating and how we feel about our bodies and suppose weight loss as well in in some way shape or form Um, but that normalization of that topic as you've just said I think because it is so normal now within society I think it's less easy to identify those individuals that are really consumed by the topic because so many women are yeah yeah I mean I, I would pretty much guess that like 99.9% of my family and friends that I have had in the past, like, you know, minus maybe some people in the last several years, it's still like part of their lives. Um, And then I also then have my more like, I don't want to like imply they're enlightened where these people aren't, but they're more enlightened to the fact that, you know, it's not about something that is inherently flawed in you. Um, so I have like, sometimes I feel like I live in two worlds. Like I have that. And I think a lot of people might be able to relate to that. Like even when you go home to family or whatever, like I've been living in upstate New York the last two years, which is where I'm originally from. I like bought a house and like, I have never been more confronted with this than moving back here. Yes. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me. It is. It's interesting, isn't it? Like I quite often people ask me about, you know, just as we're talking actually about the whole 
topics of conversation to do with diets and weight loss, you know, and it's like, well, what do you do, Rachel? And it's like, well, as you've just said, Crystal, I've got literally a group of friends who will still talk about Weight Watchers and dieting whilst I'm present, knowing what I do. And then there's a group of other friends that I have who, like you said, they're very much aware of the um, the weight neutral conversations about it's not yes. important. Um, right. And it, it can be a struggle, can't it, to kind of right. engage in that from a friendship point of view when the whole conversation is kind of like, oh, it's not really what I want to talk about, but yeah. <laughs> you're talking about it. So, yeah. Yeah, open- yeah I had like, and uh, you know, a lot of my friends I and mean, even my sister are getting married recently. And it's like, is there ever a time where that doesn't come up more than like losing weight or like things we're going to do so we like look perfect and like squeeze into a dress just for one day to to make it perfect yeah. and I mean like obviously with what you're doing as well like the whole sort of styling and fashion and that must also really trigger you for several reasons because it's not just yeah. about body image it's also about oh you should be thinner or slimmer to wear that dress <laughs> right well and it's something that like I think even just within the last year I've been getting full awareness of how much that has affected me so much. And like, you know, I originally started out, um, you know, when I was more visible, I guess, like with the messaging of like, not so skinny, mm-hmm. um, which I know you and I have talked about this journey that I've been on. Um, and I, um, I've really come to realize that because for me, the entry point into style and self-expression was my body um, that's really what I was leading with when what I've realized all along. Um, and I also like, I went to design school this summer because it was my lifelong dream to be a fashion designer. But like, I was so scared, like going through design school this summer, just only emphasize what I've always believed with style, which it's really about inspiration. It's about self-expression. It's about being more of yourself in the world. So this entire journey I've been on, even though for me, some of it was about my body, or a lot of it was about my body, or so yeah. I thought. It was really just about being okay with being more of myself in the world and expressing myself, whether it was, you know, simply what I needed. You know, I need, like, 20 minutes to myself before I, like, can come and join the bridal party um, to, like, go and meditate and just really ground into myself. Or I need to go, like, get a mani-pedi now. <laughs> like, whatever it, it yeah. is for, like, small things that I need to express for myself, which... Perhaps in the past, I would have related it to my weight, but it was really just about like what I truly needed as a human existing on this earth and in this lifetime. No, I love that. So, so obviously being more just connected to yourself in general, like independent of what your weight is, what your body looks like, what your size is. It's yeah. more, it's on like a soul level, isn't it? It's actually being really yeah. honest with who, who you are and what your needs are. Yeah, it's so on a soul level. And like, you know, I always like, I keep, using this phrase recently like um oh now I like totally forgot it now <laughs> but I keep like saying about like you know style is an expression of your soul really oh, yeah. um that's essentially what it is and like that is that self-expression is expressing your soul whether it's through your interior design what you're doing as a business like you know what you're wearing on yourself and you know I know like Sarah Jenks um who started Live More Way Less, like her, and, and then also Nisha Moodley, who I've coached with both of them. Yeah. Um, they will say how, like, branding is in all the different areas of your life. And to me, I think it's the same as styling. Like, your style of your house, the style of your clothing is in all areas of your life. So I've realized, like, how innate style is in just all areas of our lives. And um, 
it just, you know, WebMD says that being in a style rut can be indicative of being in a life rut. And so I find that when your one area of your life is off, then it also impacts like the clothing you wear every day. Love that. Yeah. By making like some small shifts, you can really start to have like the clothing and even beauty regimen that you do can like slowly start to impact those other areas of your life too. So you just stand in your own power just a little bit more. It's like people could make fun of like wearing red lipstick every day or something like, um, or whatever it is, you know, they want to say, but those things can make such a big oh, difference. They do. Like, they really make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I was saying to someone actually not uh, not long ago, but um, and then obviously we can't see one another right now or anyone listening to us. But I cannot speak to anybody in like a professional capacity unless I'm wearing red lipstick. And I'm being serious. It's like I step I into that. my power. I have to wear it in order to become really sort of centered and tune into my my authentic self. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, um, it totally makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds very strange, but once you start doing it, there are things that can make you feel really confident about yourself, which is the whole point, right? Um, before we kind of carry on, Crystal, about you yes. obviously getting stuck into a bit more about how we can express ourselves and about yeah. what your your future plans are with your new um, Style Icon Academy, how did somebody like yourself who really struggled with body image and with weight and with food, how did you get into fashion? Because I'm supposing that many people, like myself included, would assume that people that get drawn into fashion are naturally very body confident people. They like fashion from like a um, addressing the body kind of perspective. Um, how did you get into this? Yeah, so it's interesting because I feel like there is and there is aren't like there are and there aren't people within the industry that are totally obsessed with healthy living, but then there's also people that take it to extremes yeah. within fashion. Um for me, my I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was younger. I remember seeing the Titanic and like I just loved how you could tell a story with the clothing. And so I just, I loved it for all of my life. I was a Girl Scout through my senior year of high school and planned fashion shows every year with the Girl Scouts in high school. Um, I ended up getting involved in being one of the founding members of the fashion business organization while I was in college. I actually picked my grad school because I could concentrate in fashion advertising um, and have a few classes. So it was always something that I loved. And then I got my master's. I, cause you know, like instead of being a designer, I decided to go to business school and then get my master's in um, advertising. Cause that was like creative business (laughs) to me. Yeah. Um, And I went to New York city and started a career in advertising and I was not super happy with it and quickly made the shift to doing something more entrepreneurial in um, real estate and then felt like, oh, I had merged my background in like marketing branding um, and was doing stuff in real estate branding and marketing. And I was not happy. And I honestly, I saw a therapist at the time because I was like, I was so overwhelmed by life. I was like, this isn't right. All through college, all I wanted to do was work for some clothing brand. And I always felt like because I wasn't like, I wasn't thin enough to 
actually do this. And I had gone on some interviews and like, I don't know if it was me or them, but I did feel inherently judged (laughs) about being, um, you know, what society would define as like a plus size woman. Um, and so I don't, I mean, I don't know if it was me or them. I didn't like, I remember this one interview in particular, I was just like, I felt like that's, I was very much judged. Um, and I, I remember just like getting out of this. I'm like, yeah, this is right. And that was around this time I started to see a therapist. Cause I was like, I don't want this to prevent me from actually living my life. And so I started working with a therapist and she was like, you know, you, you realize that there actually is a whole plus size world out there too. Like there's actually people that really need this. And so she's like, you know, you might want to start looking into plus size brands and where they are. And if there's any here in New York city. And I also throughout college, like even though I went to school in Boston, um, I always had to somehow find a stylist (laughs) to be on career panels. And (laughs) That was also something I loved. And so I was obsessively looking at this program called the School of Style. And um, after, through some fate, got laid off at my job, I decided to take the leap and go to styling school. And I remember my mother saying, like, you know, I was 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 sitting in the car and we'd just come back from Los Angeles visiting my brother who was living in Orange County at the time. And I got on a plane like 48 hours later because she was like, you know, you're young, you have all the time in the world to do and try things. And, you know, I don't want you to regret for the rest of your life that this is something you wanted to do. And you have the time now you can figure out if it's what you like doing. And like, immediately, it was like a match made in heaven. And because I was I'm such a doer in so many ways, like, almost immediately, I was working in New York, and even in LA, and I didn't have a day off for like every month. I maybe had like one day off oh the goodness. entire month because <laughs> I just started like assisting and interning and doing whatever I could so I could really immerse myself in this world. Um, I am nothing if not a passionate <laughs> advocate for like really throwing myself into something, which is something I've learned throughout my own journey to like really be a little bit more gentle on myself too. Definitely. But you know, I love, I love your story there in the sense of like you were doing something. And I think this is quite common for so many women, again, to bringing it back to the whole food and suppose emotional eating aspect. If you're in a job that you're not satisfied with and it's not really feeding your soul and it's not really what your true heart desires, that's when your food and everything can really kind of, you know, become a massive issue, can't it? Because you're just not happy deep down inside. Yeah. And you realize that and you took steps towards finding something that you really wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I always tell my friends, like, your body is your best barometer of figuring out what's if something's right or not. And I, like, am consistently learning this lesson all over again. And whether it's coming out through food or my body manifesting weight, like, my body tells me what's going on. Like, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia as a teenager. If at any point now in my life I have pain, I'm like, okay, what have I recently done that has triggered this? Because for me, I have found that it's always because something's not in alignment. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think the um, I think the alignment thing is such a big thing, and it's, it it's certainly something from my own personal story that I can so relate to because I had a, a very corporate career job, which I thought was my dream job until I got in it and thought, oh my god, this is crap. <laughs> I was like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> I know it's like you um, my friend Becca always described it's like she had something something similar and it's like you know she always described she had like the ladder up against the wrong wall or something she got to the top and was like I don't want to be here that's a fabulous analogy climbed to the top and I was on the wrong wall (laughs) yeah that happens sometimes oh my goodness so so going back to you so you said that you then obviously you you changed your career path and you just sounded like you just jumped in with two feet and you just soaked it all up like a sponge um did you find it quite a judgmental thing to work in because you said that you felt judged sometimes because of your um how can I put this yeah your curviness you know so from associate social so can't speak from society's perception of like what women should look like particularly in the fashion industry so did you find it quite challenging or did you find it quite quite easy as if you know people were quite open and embracing of what you were doing yeah so that's a really good question I've never like 100% thought about that before because I just went in and I started doing Mm. and you know I don't know if I just didn't notice the judgments because I was so in my like zone of genius of what I loved doing, um, where like previous to that, it was like, you know, I was doing a lot of like, you know, I remember like interviewing when I was like first out of grad school, um, for that one brand I was talking to you about earlier and I felt so judged in it. And that's like, I didn't feel that in the styling world, whether or not that happened. Um, I don't know. But I also sense that maybe a little bit because style is a little bit more about, like, being you and, like, creating an image, um, that people were kind of okay. Because I was, like, first of all, I was, as an assistant, um, I was always willing to do the work. And as the key stylist, as the one in charge, I was always willing to collaborate. And it was really more about the working environment that I was around and created and how I was as a human that was respected more than my weight. I do, however, feel that um, as I started doing my own stuff that I did get a little bit boxed into the plus size category, Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this weren't we, before we started yeah. recording, which we'll come to in a second. Yeah. Um, so what happened to your body image in terms of you said you struggle with your weight and how you felt about your body and used to hide in the dark and wear black all the time. So to hide yourself, did you find that jumping into a career that was fashion based that your body confidence naturally just improved or did you have to actually work on that? I had to work on it. So it was about a year into styling that I started. I had that like aha moment after having an injury to my eye, realized like, I always say I had to lose my vision to see the vision of my life or to like fully see my life um, in some way. And I realized like I remember walking into my closet in Los Angeles and was like, this is like a like it's all black. It I like felt like you went into my closet and it was like you were going into like going to a funeral or something. It was so much dark stuff. It wasn't bright. And so I started really just doing small things within my clothing and then also just taking more time for self-care, even though I was working like 12 hour days on set and, you know, taking that time to like do lotion or whatever on my body. And I really started 
having a relationship with my body instead of it just being like an inconvenience to me to like throw on something black on top of. Oh, I love that. I think um, I think I remember reading, I don't know who said this, but it's almost like we need to start treating our bodies almost like our house in the sense of it might not be the house of our dreams yet mm. in terms of what she might look like. But that's not to say that we can't, you know, be more um, be more careful with the colorings that we use or how we, you know, dress her, how we decorate her, how we take care of her. Um, and I think that's something that you've, you know, just quite quite nicely suppose said there really that you just started to create that relationship with your body that she wasn't this inconvenience she was actually part right. of you yeah we ha- we're gonna be together for quite a while so <laughs> I realized <laughs> like I had to like actually make it work totally <laughs> right it's like I think if so many more women could embrace that concept crystal it's like the world would be such a better place it's like this is the only body and it's so cliched isn't it but when you can really reframe it and and actually believe it like completely believe it this is the only body that you've got and if you're fighting with her all the time for the rest of your life that you are here in this amazing earth you're gonna have not as many awesome experiences as what you would if you actually embrace the body that you're living in (laughs) I know well and for me it was even like in my head too like the amount of mental space that I was taking up on a daily basis obsessing over like what to eat what to buy in whole foods like you know, is this good or is this bad? Is this like, wait, this is bad and good. I'm so confused. Should I even eat this? Like all those, like that started slowly going away as I started doing small things just like every day. And like, before I knew it, I was like, oh, I like just jumped off a cliff in Costa Rica in a bikini. It's like, <laughs> like a year later, it's, it was just like so crazy. And that opened, that space also opened me up to having so much more creative space, which like I have pushed down that creative part of me for decades, essentially. Um, And then it opened up this whole world of creativity for me too, that just like hadn't been there before that I could access now. Which, and obviously now your creativity, your putting it towards these amazing projects that you're getting stuck into and actually getting everybody out there. Is it just, yeah. it's just women that you work with, isn't it, Crystal? Yeah. I mean, I've tried, like, I, it's funny because like my first few projects that I worked on in the styling world were actually for men's like banking and with men. And I totally know how to dress men. Um, but right now my focus is solely women and, you know, I love the guys, but I leave that to my friend, Julie Rath. (laughs) She's an amazing men's stylist. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I think sometimes you have to stick with your zone of genius. And if you just have a preference for dressing women, then that's, you know, that's good. That's good stuff. So, um, so picking that up from your story. So you've now like jumped into the world of fashion. You're embracing your body a bit more. I'm guessing that this is around the time that you were, stopping all your diets and actually working on changing your relationship with food as well yes yeah and then this is now obviously what you're doing so you've kind of gone from being an assistant to now having your own your own business your own company um very very beautiful branding by the way if any of you are a a nosy like I am (laughs) all of Crystal's (laughs) details will be underneath this um on the website so go and check her out on her um social media etc it's like lots of sparkles and beautiful pink things which I love I really like that well but I'm bracing the feminine which is why it also works that I work primarily with women yeah yeah I can see that now actually it's more appealing to the to the women (laughs) yeah 
So, um, so you mentioned before that your one of your earlier projects, and I think this is where I found you last year. You were doing something which was around the not not so skinny style school, I believe, yes. um, which you've now decided to kind of rebrand slightly. Yes, which is quite interesting because, as you said, you know you are a plus size woman. You are you are curvy, um, but you've decided to not really sort of market it in the sense of body size. Is that right? Yes. So it's really now about becoming your own style icon and that like essence of like self-expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found that style is just very much that vehicle. And for me, you know, earlier this year I had a video um, and it was so scary for me to even post this, but it was like, why I'm dropping the not so skinny. Um, and about one, like a couple months earlier, um, I had fully committed to moving beyond it being about the body type. Cause I realized that for myself, I was always putting my own self in a box as a plus size woman. And truly I believe that we're all equal and whole beings. And at the end of the day, I don't believe there should be a difference between a plus size and a straight size woman. I think we should all be able to go into a clothing store and be able to, at least here in the U.S., our, I know our sizing is different <laughs> based in like, yeah. the U.K. and the EU, et cetera. Um, at least in the U.S., my vision is I would love to see you could go into a store and get from a zero to 30. And I really started to realize that for me, I was contributing to that societal body shaming that we all get when we clothing shop, whether it was intentional or not, even though my brand was very like body positive, it just, it wasn't sitting well for me. I'm like, I don't, I also like felt for me, I was, I think mentally and even just emotionally, I was scared if I like was no longer plus size that I'd lose all my business too. Um, and so there was also that part where I'm like, I don't want to be identified as this forever, not because I have any shame with it. I love myself completely for like wherever she is, whether I'm a size two or 20, I'm cool, (laughs) but I don't want to be like blocked into this because it's not truly what I believe. And so it really was like, I had evolved so much. And I, you know, also from a branding perspective, having the background that I have, you know, I, I knew that plus size was like a great thing, because it was a very untapped market. And so I think there was part of me that I'm like, Oh, this is like a really easy route too. But then pretty quickly, because of a lot of the personal development, I was like, Oh, I want something that like, isn't plus size, but can describe like, you know, a wider range of women, which is why we came up with not so skinny to begin with, with my mastermind group. And then I realized it just became a replacement for plus size. So all these different words that we use to replace plus size, they're still doing the same thing, which is separating us into categories. And I do not want to be defined by society. I want to define myself And so I had this whole like coming out, so to speak, earlier this year of dropping the not so skinny. And part of that um, was also going to design school. So at the end of 2017, my plan is to have a Kickstarter for my clothing line. Um, And so that's also since I've come back from design school in Italy this summer, impacting my business a lot because I've really been reconfiguring some things too of like what really serves me and my company. And 
um, also this future vision that I have for the fashion is industry that you can go into, well, at least maybe my stores <laughs> and you'll be able to go in there and have everything from like a zero to a 30. Oh, I love that. Like the fact, the fact, the whole, you know, the, the concept, like you said there about not feeling like we as I'm going to focus particularly on women now, but yeah. that body types are not segregated they're not kind of you know boxed in that some are somehow you know better than others some are more admired than others some are more respected Mm -hmm. than others um so actually by taking your attention away from what you said like your previous not so skinny label um it's almost like you're taking your attention away from the body and actually more embracing the soul of the woman yes yeah it's about soul express style really at the end of the day which is so, I just, I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking about it. I'm like, yes, that's how we should be dressing ourselves. Yeah. You know, I, I talk about this is how we should be eating and how we should exercise and how we should live and how we should have these these dreams. It's, it's irrelevant what our bodies look like. It's about, you know, it, it goes much deeper than that. Um, and I think this, um, this whole, you know, new rebranding that you've, uh, that you've just spoken about, that's so exciting. Yes, it's exciting. It's felt like a lot because I'm like, oh my gosh, I put all this time into this image that I've created. And so it's been like this whole process of like, you know, as I've talked about in the past, I'm like a person that like throws myself like 100% into like making it like intense, like right away. And this time, it I think also says something about the shift that I've experienced in Europe of course, like for me, had such an impact of just like a slower way of being in Italy. (laughs) Um, You know, for me, it was like, we're slowly moving things over. It's not just like, you know, I'm going to like, go do a website rebrand overnight. um, Because that also doesn't serve me or my body. (laughs) Um, And so it yeah, I mean, like, it feels so good. And just getting out and like, you know, um, in situations like this, talking about this vision even more, you know, just really having it be a part of my everyday existence. Like it just, it gives me goosebumps every time I talk about it because it just, it does feel so right. And, you know, I also am open to the fact that this will evolve too. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's just a part of life. It's a part of jer- the journey. And, um, you know, if I like, I, if I feel for whatever reason that this boxes me into something else, that's not right. I'll shift again. And it's like, I think for me, this is the first time that I've gone into like a messaging aspect in my own business that I'm like, okay, cool. This is just part of it. <laughs> that's good yeah. though. Being, yeah. being, a, being, like you said, you were a bit of a perfectionist a few years ago. That's kind of the whole flexibility there that you're opening All up right. to is also showing that you are evolving as a person. <laughs> yeah. Not trying to get yes. it all perfect straight away. I know. I do like seeing the growth myself. It's always nice to reflect. On that. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, a question that I am curious to ask you, though, because you are in the fashion industry, yes. and I, I follow the fashion industry a little bit. You know, I'm not it's obviously not my zone of genius, but yeah. do you do you see that the fashion industry is changing, Crystal, in terms of how it represents women? You know, you've already said about the plus size. And yes, there are a lot of plus size models out there that are doing awesome things for like body positivity, but they are still segregated from everybody else. So what's your perception of the fashion industry? Like, is it changing? Does the more things need to be to be moved? Well, what is that phrase? Like the more things change, the more they stay the same or something. Yeah. 
you know, I wholeheartedly do believe that the industry is changing. I think there's more awareness. I think that people like certain brands, like I especially think Lane Bryant has been very smart and savvy with getting on the whole like, you know, um, this is my body type of idea. Like I'm going to own it. So great. Please own your bodies. Um, however, <laughs> there's still a lot of crappy clothing out there. Yeah. Um, but is just a bunch of sacks. So you can tell me to embrace my body all day, but if you still try to dress me in a sack that actually isn't appreciating and adorning my body, then I have a problem with that. And um, Tim Gunn from Project Runway, he recently wrote an article, I believe it was in the Washington Post, about how the USA fashion industry is failing its consumers. And he even talked about our winner here in the U.S. that – she actually just, and her line is actually really cool, but it's like, there is a lot of black in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking to the people I know in the industry that are designers, like, apparently that is what more women apparently purchase. Now, that's not what I hear from my clients, so I don't know where there's this disconnect. I know I'm not just in this bubble by myself with all these women. Um, but, you know, I think we've made progress, but I think there's still a lot to go. Yeah. and. You know, I think really what will be um, what I hope to see in my lifetime and what I hope, you know, my future children and grandchildren see is really just that it's not about the separation because there's still separation. There are some great brands that, you know, do have, you know, the zero to 30 or a more, you know, size encompassing line. Um, But you know, I definitely feel like there's still quite a bit to go. I think that we have a lot to learn about fit <laughs> and how to really dress um, all people and how us, how we can, you know, and I think for me, there is no mistake that like I've started out this journey and then going into fashion designer now as a stylist. Totally, um, yeah. Because it's, you know, design school opened up a lot of things for me, but I think it just made me more aware of the fact that like, as an industry, the fashion industry, the design aspect also inherently will key into the fact that we think that we're consistently flawed. And by focusing on you know, dressing for your body type or you know, however you put it, yeah. um, that it still focuses on our body instead of really exploring who we are as individuals, which keeps us buying <laughs> because we inherently still keep thinking we're flawed. But it doesn't, like, we still keep thinking we need to be fixed somehow. And for me, I really just find that it's about self-expression, where it's not a costume. Because sometimes you get people like that. It's like, oh, their style's so great. But they, like, look like they're wearing a Halloween costume or something. (laughs) It's crazy. So, like, you know, we have come so far. I think we still have a lot to go. But I think there is more awareness now, which I think is, you know, one of the first steps in really acknowledging that there is this, I mean, the average American woman is a size 16 to 18. Recently read that in that Tim Gunn article I was referencing before. Um, We had been using an outdated um, survey for like 20 years, which I didn't even realize (laughs) myself. Um, And so I think this more awareness of like, you know, the average woman, at least here in the U.S., is probably a 16, um, which is also what I am. Like that's, 
you know, clothing stopping at like a 12, 14 is makes no sense. Totally. It's just crazy. Definitely. And I think this, you know, this is the whole argument now about body image and the whole sort of dieting obsession. Like when the average woman walks into a clothing store on the high street and the majority of the clothes don't fit her body shape, she automatically will think there's something wrong with her. Um, And when I asked you about, you know, the whole fashion industry and whether it's changing or, you know, whether it needs to change more, I really hope a lot of it falls down to also the consumers, as in like you and me spreading this message and the listeners now that we start to vote with our feet and with our voices and actually start to get some kind of, um, I almost want to say like a paradigm shift where like society really starts to embrace the fact that we are all very different um, and there's nothing wrong with that and therefore starting to accommodate that from a, a mainstream point of view that's right. that's what I would love to see in my lifetime yeah, um, yeah I would love that too and I love that word paradigm it's like one of my favorite vocab words <laughs> me too <laughs> I throw it oh, in all I the time that. yeah I, awesome it's one, I of love my, it. one of my favorite words of conversation now a paradigm shift <laughs> I mean, that's really what needs to happen because yeah. even with this progress that we've made, there's still the, a little bit in that old mentality. Yeah. And so there really does need to be a paradigm shift totally. within the fashion industry still. And I'm sure there will be many more to come. It's part of that journey, right? Oh, absolutely. So, in, the, in the meantime, you're kind of flying the flag and you're putting yourself out there with your new clothing line, which I'm so excited about, seriously. Um, so before we kind of wrap up, Um, the interview Crystal I want to ask you because obviously you're here right now you're the expert in the field of expressing ourselves through our clothes etc without needing to lose weight so for anybody listening right now who's probably in that place like you used to be and how I used to be um, a few years ago believing that she wants to lose weight in order to feel better and maybe get nicer clothes that she would feel better in um, what would you recommend? Like, how does somebody actually start to style themselves in a way to express themselves yeah. when they actually haven't got a clue what to do? Right. So I think it's almost like it's funny because my experience with dieting and breaking free of that um, has really informed my approach to style, too. And so I feel like, you know, how I said I did small things every day to have just a better relationship with my body, with food. That's what you really need to do with style, too. Like, you do not have to overwhelm yourself with that. Um, And, you know, that's also our ego wanting a quick fix. So there is a couple things you can do. First is really just keying into how you want to (laughs) feel. So, you know, it's all about getting us out of our heads and like into our actual souls. So really tapping into basically like core desired feelings for your style. Um, And I like to come up with an alter ego name Um, for me, I think because so for so many years, I like cut off feelings and shoveled in the food. Um, I, for me, how I access like my core desired feelings as a group is I have an alter ego name and it's based off of Blair Waldorf from Gossip Girl. So if like I'm wearing something and it makes me feel like Blair Waldorf, I know it's actually keying into all my core desired feelings oh, in my okay. style. Okay. Yeah. That makes <laughs> and, sense. Yeah. And then Oprah is like my business core desired feeling. <laughs> so, you know, I have like those different alter egos that I use. So I think for style, it's really like, you know, it doesn't have to be a TV character. I certainly don't try to dress like Blair Wald- Waldorf from Gossip Girl all the time. Um, but, 
you know, if I'm feeling like that, whatever you need to do to connect with those feelings of what you want. Um, I think alter egos are a fun way to start, but you know, everybody has their own ways that they connect to. So really keying into those feelings. And then secondly, with these small action steps you can take every day, I think it's really great to just do like one thing to bring in color. Most women tend to be a little bit more on the lacking color side. You know, I do have women I've worked with where they actually have so much color that they, it's not that you even need to tone it down. They need to bring in some more neutral and grounding colors into it. Um, But if you're someone who is like me uh, several years ago and you go into your closet and it looks like you should be going to a funeral, um, one of the things I would suggest is just every day doing something small thing, like replacing one piece, um, of black with something that's color. Um, and so it could be a statement necklace. You can go, um, we have this place here. I don't know if you guys have it, um, like literally across the pond. Um, but it's called charming Charlie's and you can get like necklaces for like five or 10 bucks. And so there's places that you can do. So if there's like trends that you want to try, I think that's a really fun way to start to get to know yourself better. Um, and know your style better. So what you can do is you can like pick up, you know, if you see a trend that you really like and want to figure out how to put it into your life, you can easily do it through an accessory and you can get it for like an inexpensive investment, but it can feel like a, just like a big step because it might not be something that you've done before. So I really like taking those small steps or even like, you know, using your makeup as means of self-expression too. So like putting on a bold lip or doing a smoky eye, something that adds a little brightness to your everyday existence. And then the third thing is I love Pinterest. I think it's a really fun way to start to explore. But if you're like kind of confused as to where to even start on Pinterest, um, you know, because I've actually, I use style archetypes a lot. And so I am actually glam archetype. But I do have a style archetype quiz on my website. Um, When you go to Exo Crystal Cave, it's right there. Um, And so actually by figuring out like what that initial kind of category that really inspires you, you can start pinning and then really make that archetype your own. So I'm glam, but I'm all about playing your range of style because it is, as I said, about self-expression. So sometimes I have a little bit more of a rocker edge and then other times I'm a little bit more preppy (laughs) and... um, you know, it really just depends on where I'm going, how I'm feeling. And I love that. I love, I, love how, myself. I love how you're connecting this all to your emotions and to your expressions. You've not once said about certain body sizes or body, right. body shapes or that, you know, certain people that have got, you know, more curves here should be wearing these kind of things. Um, it's completely the opposite. It's like, no, how do you want to feel? Focus yep. on the feeling and then dress accordingly. Yeah, it is. I love so, that. Yeah, and they have like three practical ways that they can actually go and implement it now too, which I hope will be helpful to them. It will totally be helpful. So you've just mentioned your website. It's um, exocrystalcave.com, I believe. Yes, exocrystalcave.com. I'm also exocrystalcave on every social media platform, essentially. Fabulous. And for anybody listening, Crystal, that might be really curious about your, um, suppose your experience in this and just helping women to embrace themselves. Um, How can women, um, I suppose, how can they work with you? 
Yeah, you can head over to exocrystalcave.com. I also have my own YouTube channel, Crystal Cave TV. So I give tons of style tips there. We talk about style inspiration and also like how to take the inspiration and work it into your own unique body and how to just live life with more confidence. So I'd say go to Exo Crystal Cave. You'll have the link to go to my YouTube channel. Those are like the two best places to find me. And um, of course, if you're like into Instagram, that's my favorite platform. Yeah, my, yeah totally. Well, all, yeah. Of your, uh, all of your details will be below this, um, this interview, Crystal, on my website, obviously not on iTunes, etc. Um, but yeah, if um, anybody's curious to, to connect with Crystal, all of her social media, websites, etc. will be below this um, interview. So Crystal, it was an absolute delight. Thank you so much for spending the last sort of 50 minutes or so with us here on Ditch the Diet Radio. I think we've learned a lot, right? <laughs> I think so. It's so great to reflect on my own journey. And thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. You're very welcome. And I suspect there's um, some very big, exciting things heading your way for 2017. Yes, there are. I'm excited for everyone who, to see the growth and journey that this like next year takes me. Yeah, totally. I'm excited to share. Totally. Well, look, have an awesome day. Um, greetings to New York for us. And we'll catch up soon. Thank you. See you Sounds later. perfect. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Diet Radio, everyone, with your host, Rachel Foy. That's me. If you've got ever any questions, then you can email me at info at rachelfoy.com. Be sure to check out the website, rachelfoy.com, for your free gifts and other bits and pieces. And if you would like to leave a review or subscribe to the podcast, then please do so. I am trying my absolute best right now to get the most amazing, incredible, and inspirational people on the podcast show. And if there's anyone that you would really like me to interview, then drop me a message and I will see what I can do. Have an awesome day and remember that you can have a life where food doesn't control you. I can't wait to show you how. Bye.